0: Well, speaking of um, videos, <laughs> tonight, a very angry video from the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, venting his anger at Canada, of all places, after we announced that we will return repaired equipment to Germany used by Russian energy giant Gazprom to deliver natural gas to that country via the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. The turbines had been sitting in Montreal, the return blocked by sanctions against Russia following the invasion of Ukraine, but following pressure from Germany, and with the support of the U.S., it should be said, Ottawa has issued a time-limited and revocable permit to exempt it from sanctions on Russia's oil and gas industry. So back they go, apparently. Natural Resources Minister Jonathan Wilkinson says the decision was necessary to ensure Europe has immediate access to reliable, affordable energy. Canada's Natural Resources Minister said it would grant a time-limited permit to allow the return of the repaired turbines to Germany. Jonathan Wilkinson said the delivery was necessary to support Europe's transition away from Russian oil and gas and to protect Germany from any potential cutoffs. But the Ukrainian-Canadian Congress accused Ottawa of falling for Russian threats. Some Conservative MPs also blasted the decision for undermining the sanctions Canada has imposed on Russia over its invasion of Ukraine. Stephanie Taylor, the Canadian Press, Ottawa. Since then, uh, Ukraine, the foreign affairs, foreign affairs Office there, has called our ambassador in in Kiev for an explanation. "Quote: The Ministry of Foreign Affairs had to summon um, Canada's representative to our country due to an absolutely unacceptable exception to the sanctions regime against Russia." They said the decision was the, the decision, the exception to sanctions will be perceived in Moscow exclusively as a manifestation of weakness, they went on to say. Well, given how Russia is using a spike in energy prices to profit, uh, to profit and profits to fuel its war effort, obviously Zelensky is calling this a dangerous president. He says, because every concession in such conditions, again, is perceived by the Russian leadership as an incentive for further, stronger pressure. Well, to look into all of this, joining me now again is Christian Luprecht. He's a professor at the Royal Military College in Kingston and at Queen's University there as well, and a senior fellow at the Macdonald-Laurier Institute. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, so much for your time. Good evening, Ben. Pleasure. So this is quite, I mean, it it would have been hard to predict a few months ago that we would have a video from uh, Vladimir Zelensky essentially blasting Canada for this decision. What's behind all this and where's all the anger coming from? Uh, Because it seems like a fairly straightforward commercial decision, but obviously not.
1: Yeah, uh, so look, I empathize here, of course, with the Ukrainians, but I think the geopolitics behind that criticism is profoundly misguided. Not returning this particular turbine would have meant that there's a serious risk that the Russians might shut off gas supplies altogether. So on July 12th, the Nord Stream 1 pipeline goes into its annual maintenance. So it it may shut off for 10 days. And there's a considerable concern that if the turbine had not been returned, the Russians would use it as an excuse not to have any gas flowing. The result of that would be is that it would stoke a profound economic and political crisis, not just in Germany, but across the European Union. And Germany being the largest and most important a continental anchor country, not just for Canada, but in terms of the continental Europe, in terms of the relationship with Ukraine and defense of Ukraine, um, anything that causes uh, instability, economic, political, otherwise. Within Germany or in the European Union uh, cannot possibly be in the interest of either Canada uh, or of Ukraine, and so I think ultimately here uh, this was um, I think this this is a, a decision that was uh, the right decision to make and the right political compromise for the Canadian government to make because the Canadian government worded its uh, sanctions uh, policy in this particular regard in a somewhat unfortunate manner. Because returning the turbine to Germany means that the turbine does not actually fall under the European Union sanctions regime with Russia. So it is actually under the European Union sanctions regime legitimate for Germany to return that turbine uh, to Russia. So I find sort of some of the criticisms rather uh, myopic and ill. Formed in terms of the broader grand strategy, which ultimately has to be to uh, contain and hopefully defeat Russia in its invasion.
0: Because we just happen to be fixing it here, right? It didn't belong to Canada as such. It was it still it still theirs to do with as they please. I would assume.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there are obviously serious rep- potential repercussions for foreign direct investment in Canada if foreign partners could no longer count on their uh, contractual obligations in terms of their relationships to have equipment sent to Canada. Um, And I find it somewhat ironic that it took the Canadian government weeks to issue this time-limited export permit for this one particular turbine, and as a result, effectively, um, at the cost of taking uh, Germany and the European Union quasi hostage in the shuffle over uh, Russian gas deliveries, while at the same time, the Canadian government makes all sorts of performative announcements about imposing sanctions on Russian assets in Canada. But it doesn't actually have the legislation or the enforcement capacity to make good on those sanctions. And we know this because, of course, in British Columbia, the Cowan Commission on Money Laundering in British Columbia, that reported last month, laid bare just how unprepared and vulnerable the Canadian system is uh, to global financial crime. And we know that there are substantial Russian assets, for instance in the Toronto real estate market. So I find it uh, somewhat duplicitous that the Canadian government would decide to take its most important continental ally quasi-hostage over this turbine while itself is not prepared to actually pass the legislation and stand up the intelligence and enforcement mechanisms that actually could make good uh, on the sanctions that it claims to impose but has no ability to actually enforce.
0: Um, Vladimir Zelensky knows what's going on here. He knows that Germany's not ready to move itself off Russian gas just yet, that there are certainly seem to be, uh, concerted efforts to move away from Russian energy, but they're not there. So what do you, what diplomatic game do you think Ukraine is playing here? Because to blast an ally, certainly a supporting ally, uh, so, so vocally, uh, there must be something going on behind the scenes here. There must be more to this than just a turbine.
1: Yeah, there definitely is. So this has long been a difficult relationship, in particular also personally, between President Zelensky uh, and the German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Uh, Germany finds itself in a difficult position in a three-party coalition where all three parties have a rather different view of how exactly Russia uh, should be uh, dealt with in this particular fashion. Uh, Within his own party, Olaf Scholz uh, has quite a few sympathizers with the Russian cause, so he has considerable challenge within his own ranks trying to keep his people uh, together. And that also explains why Germany has been Uh, somewhat tepid in its own announcements about providing military assistance in particular uh, to Ukraine even though like Canada Germany has uh, ample high technology that it could be delivering but it has been rather slow out of the starting blocks and then there have been uh, unfortunate missteps on both sides in terms of uh, visits in particular by the chancellor to uh, to Kiev where essentially Zelensky uninvited the German chancellor. So cert- certainly there's I think a sense uh, at least by President Zelensky uh, that Olaf Scholz has not been a good boy scout. At the same time I think uh, there is a bit of an underappreciation perhaps in Kiev of the challenges of domestic politics within Germany. And then Germany, of course, also as perhaps the key broker uh, within continental Europe and the European Union um, on the sanctions regime. And, I mean, let's remember, uh, we can't apologize for some terrible decisions that Germany has made in terms of its gas dependency. I think we can somewhat honor the fact that Germany has seen the light here, and, I mean, in a matter of months has reduced its gas dependency from Russia from 55% to 35%, but that's still an immense dependency, and if Russia were to continue to throttle gas deliveries or stop them altogether, uh, the chemical industry in Germany alone consumes about 15% of those gas imports. It would effectively be forced to shut down. And this would have serious ramifications uh, even for Canada in terms of chemical products, in terms of pharmaceuticals and the like that are produced uh, by that industry. And so uh, Canada, rather than um, uh, playing politics over a turbine, would be much better served if we actually had an honest conversation about the desperate need for Canada to stand up and provide energy security and energy resilience uh, to continental Europe in general and to countries such as Germany and Italy um, in particular. Uh, but of course, the Prime Minister has been, uh, shall we say, rather rather if we put this uh, charitably about having any conversation about pipelines and liquid natural gas terminals and Olaf Scholz is even flying to Canada on the 22nd and 23rd of August uh, going to Montreal and the East Coast that is to say the places where there's considerable resistance uh, to LNG and to pipelines in the hopes of uh, changing hearts and minds.
0: It's certainly become, uh, become a hot topic. Uh, all of a sudden, thanks to a turbine, Christian Luprecht is my guest this half hour. He's a professor at the Royal Military College at a Queen's University in Kingston. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more just about what the damage could be to Canada's reputation here because, of course, you know, Vladimir Zelensky uh, attracts a huge audience. The criticisms within Canada from the uh, Ukrainian-Canadian Congress have been quite vociferous as well. So we'll see what kind of uh, long-term damage this might do to Canada's reputation in this war effort in Ukraine after this. It's always a pleasure to have Christian Luprecht on the show. He's a professor at the Royal Military College and at Queen's University in Kingston. We're talking about Canada's decision to return a turbine to Germany, ostensibly to Gazprom, which is essentially returning it to Russia. Now, as uh, Christian pointed out, there's maintenance going on on this crucial pipeline uh, that sends most of what uh, Germany gets in terms of natural gas from Russia, which is a lot, Um, but it has caused, uh, and they need the turbine back, and they want it back. The Americans support it, supported it today, but it's caused a lot of consternation because really uh, what Ukraine is saying, and Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky was um, released a video tonight, which was all about Canada's decision to do this, essentially saying, uh, if you give Vladimir Putin, if you look to be surrendering to him on this one, it's just going to be perceived as weakness and he'll just keep on pushing. What do you make of that argument, uh, Christian? Because it is, it is compelling to some extent, but there, there's a whole bunch of dynamics at play here in terms of where Germany's at in its dependence on Russian energy, which, as you said, you can look back and accuse them of having been irresponsible on that front, but they're not going to wean themselves off it overnight.
1: Yeah, and I think there's some frustration by the Ukrainians with Canada more broadly when it comes to Canada's support. Look, at the NATO summit, for instance, uh, allies announced some 500 artillery systems, 600 tanks, and hundreds of thousands of rounds of ammunition. What did Canada announce? A Centre of Excellence for Climate Security and support to co-host the new uh, NATO Innovation Fund. Um, So I think there's sort of some sense by Ukraine that Canada could and should be doing a lot more. Uh, Canada has lots of equipment capability, even within this country, uh, that we could be providing to Ukraine. Um, Canada, of course, could have had the foresight that it had when it originally uh, supported um, the advise and assist, uh, the training mission effectively to Ukraine in 2014 with the United Kingdom and the United States. Um, And when the evasion came, unfortunately, Canada, with the nine effect of its armed forces, had, as we all know, uh, really not a whole lot more to uh, provide and to support. And so I think there's uh, now, Canada is a significant financial backer of, uh, of Ukraine, but still, in the grand scheme of things, quite modest uh, compared to the top three uh, backers. And so, in that sense, I think there's a sense by Ukraine that uh, Canada is uh, not uh, doing enough, uh, is not even doing what Canada could and should be doing – um, and uh, that canada doesn 't really perhaps understand its geostrategic interests in terms of the ultimate outcomes in ukraine, and so I think there 's a perception um, that is increasingly widespread that the announcements that Canada makes both with regards to Ukraine and Russian sanctions and so forth, are largely performative for a domestic Canadian audience and the Uh, Ukrainian domestic audience in particular constituency rather than uh, announcements that are closely coordinated with allies and that are genuinely meant to support uh, Ukraine in its fight and that ultimately also uh, should be designed to ensure that Ukraine can actually not just defend itself but ultimately defeat Russia. So you can see in that context how the Ukrainian president uh, is uh, how this this decision could have rubbed him the wrong way
0: yeah, so this was sort of it feels like it was just badly communicated um, in many ways <laughs> as as is often the case, and in this case yeah I, I, I would imagine that that there 's more going on here with, with with Vladimir Zelensky as well. Is there any chance at this point? That this decision is reversed, that the turbine stays in Montreal if the, uh, you know, the federal government's been known to change its mind at times. uh, Is there any any chance here that this is reversed or with the American support and certainly with Germany's uh, request that this is a done deal?
1: Well, I think the fact that the United States, the Biden administration explicitly supported Canada after Canada came out and made its decision, I think reinforces the fact and clearly stresses to Canada that Canada uh, made the extremely wrong call not to issue this export permit in the first place and to even turn this uh, into having any it, any sort of debate on this topic to begin with. And so uh, it would be, I think, disastrous now Um, for the Canadian government to reverse course because it was already in terms of geostrategic and geopolitical consequences. um, uh, To the contrary, Putin now understands that Canada is the weak link here, that the Canadian government can be influenced. And we know, for instance, that Putin has already manipulated Canadian public opinion. We know, for instance, that there's been uh, efforts by Russia to amplify, for instance, misinformation when it comes to Canadian hydrocarbons, to Canadian oil and gas, for instance. Um, and right. so Russia will certainly capitalize on this decision in order to divide the Canadian public, uh, the Canadian public further. Uh, something that Russia uh, has learned to do quite well, and we saw that uh, this country is highly susceptible uh, to foreign influence uh, during the Ottawa occupation.
0: Christian Luprecht, thank you so much for your time tonight. Always appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Ben. Thank you. Have a good evening.